0: Hey, big boxers, welcome to On The Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you, and I'm excited because it's flash topic time, and uh, we're on number 13. Can't really believe it, 13 flash topics are already in the can, and I know that you guys like these because they're constantly on the top 10 last 90-day list of my podcast so I know that you guys are out there listening to these and I know that you're appreciating the different perspective that all of the panel members give you so I'm not going to tell you what the topic is because as you know flash topic it's going to be discussed as we start recording so I'm not going to ruin that for you it's a great topic and back this time is Joe Tarnowski now Joe has never missed a flash topic. So Joe's back, Jamie Robinson is back, and Shannon Curtin is back. We're missing this time the hazards, both Tom and Tracy, and we're missing Salah Khalaf this go-around, but hopefully all of them will be back for Flash Topic 14, and we'll look forward to that. Before we get to the show, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about a trip I took to Walmart. I was in front of some Walmart buyers recently, and one of the Walmart buyers said to me about data. Well, he didn't say to me about data. He talked to me about data. And we were trying to give him a little bit of a rundown on the company. And we were trying to get through some basic information first. And he really just wanted to know data, trends, numbers, where we're doing in the market. How much of the market do we hold? No matter how small that is, what's trending? What is coming up next? What should he expect? I know this is going to sound weird, but really, he wanted us to do his job for him. And I get that. I mean, I get that. And that's kind of our job these days anyway. Long gone are the days when the buyer that you speak to is going to be the most, I don't know, versed in that category. These people get moved around. They get shuffled from this category to this category. There's no way that they can be the expert. So they're going to look to you for you to be that. They're going to look to you to be the expert. And in order for you to be the expert, you have to be versed on your numbers. At the very least, the numbers of your own product and where you stand and where you're selling and how much of the market you hold, you're going to need to know those. And like I was saying in my Facebook group, this is not something that you can flip through some pages. I got those here somewhere. No, no. These are your numbers, big boxers. You have to know what they are. They have to roll off your tongue like you talk about them every day. Because you should talk about them every day. They should be on your mind constantly. Now, occasionally, like this time, he's going to ask you about the category. Or they may ask you about the category, and it may not even be a he, it may be a she. She may ask you about the category. What's new? What's exciting? What's happening? What's coming? Where's the trend going? This is information that you should also have. This is information that you need to know. Because if you don't know this information, How are you making concrete decisions about your product, about research and development, about what's coming down the pipe for you if you don't know where the category is even going? So before you sit down in front of any buyer, before you sit down and talk about your product, you really need to be ready to talk about your numbers, about the data, about the trends, about the category, okay? Hey, and don't hesitate to reach out to me. You want to role play a meeting that you have coming up with a buyer, reach out. Let's do it. There's no better way to get ready for a buyer meeting than to role play it with somebody. No better way. And I'm here for you. All right? So listen, like I said, we have a great Flash Topic program coming up. And I can't wait for you to listen in on the discussion. So let's get right into it. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flash Topic number 13 can't believe that we've done 13 of those. And like I was just saying uh, before we hit record, the Flash Topic podcast continue to be on the top 10. So the big box listeners out there are definitely liking the panel and probably the topics, I would think, and the fact that they get a couple of different viewpoints on every topic that we have. Interestingly enough, the book one is still out of the Flash Topics that are on the top 10, still the highest ranking Flash Topic that we've ever had. So. Hopefully, the big boxers out there are going out and getting those books and putting their reading list together for the year. We have a little bit of a truncated panel today. So Jamie Robinson is here. Hey, Jamie. Hey. Shannon Curtin (laughs) is here. Hey, Shannon. Hello, everyone. And of course, Joe would call in from underground just so he (laughs) can always say that he never missed a Flash Topic. Hey, Joe.
1: (laughs) What's up, (laughs) everybody?
0: (laughs) Hey, it seems like it's been... A little bit of a little while since we had a flash topic um i know that it's been more than a couple of months and so i just want to check in with everybody and see what's going on what's new and maybe something different is going on in your life and, and you wanted to share i do want to take a quick second to send some positive thoughts to salah and his family his son is in the hospital for the third time with i believe tongue cancer and struggling mightily and so Big boxers, if you can send some positive thoughts his way, I know that we're all praying for him and hoping that his son has a speedy recovery. So here they come, all those positive thoughts your way for your family. Sorry that you can't be here.
1: Yeah.
0: But Jamie, we'll start with you. What's going on in your life? What's new? What's happening since the last time we talked?
2: I have two grown men as sons now, which I'm told basically just about every day. I no longer have kids. I have grown men,
0: and that happened just in the last two months since we last
2: talked. the youngest grown man has graduated from high school, so now he's really grown. Wow! And he has a job, so I don't even know if he even needs me anymore. <laughs> so he uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> he does always. They say that now I'm going into having two college students, and I will be an empty nester come August. So. That should be interesting. I go back and forth about how I feel about that. But business wise, everything is amazing. I am astonished at how well networking works, at least for the business that I do. And I'm always, it's always a good time to be able to talk to different types of business owners and find out about different industries. So that has remained consistent and exciting. So. That's pretty much it. Oh, and my son just came back from Paris. He was in Paris, France. My oldest adult son was in Paris, France for a week earlier in June. So it's been a lot going Aww. on. What was, he
0: doing what was he
2: doing in Paris with his band? He's in the Marching Chiefs with the Florida State University. And he has a leadership role next year, which is another fun thing to look forward to. But they were traveling, they traveled to Paris to represent our country, the United States, during the 75th anniversary, or I like to say the commemoration of D-Day. And he is just right up his alley. You know, he loves the band, first of all, but he's also very historical, like he, that type of thing, Mm -hmm. he has a lot of interest in that and government and everything else. My other son is just pretty much Donald Who, so (laughs) he's not as interested in politics and such. So, you know, it was definitely a good trip for my oldest son, and he just loved it. He loved it. Nice. Yep.
0: Nice. Well, wow. Yeah. So, well, I'm sure that when the the one thing I think that will probably be the biggest shock is when they're both gone for a while and then they come home for a holiday, and <laughs> and your refrigerator is instantly empty. and then yes. Like, <laughs> in the
2: house, yes. Yeah,
0: I could <laughs> just hear that and see that. And you're like, man, just two seconds ago, I had food in there.
2: It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> right?
0: Hey, so Shannon, I know that you kind of redid your business. What's that all about?
3: Oh, well, I've been super busy too. So, and my two children who are six and four eat like two grown men. So I know <laughs> what it's like to have an empty refrigerator all the time, but mm-hmm. from the, and they're great and happy. And we are too. So in the business front, I just reposition the name just to get back focused solely in beauty and and have that focus because that's my expertise, of course. When I named it initially, I I can do big box work too. I can do small box, cross-functional, enterprise-wide solutions. I can do all, all sorts of stuff. But all my revenue was coming from the beauty industry. So I just said, let's just accept the fact that I'm a beauty expert and we'll play in the space and rename ourselves. And then... Because of that, a lot of other things have transpired, which I'm excited about sharing in the the near term, in the future. And the business has also afforded me more opportunity to work closer with brands and capital groups and lenders and learning that whole model and helping create value from acquisition perspective, etc. So been working in that space quite a bit. Love it. I do have a new book to put out there on the list that because I went to a seminar from Insignium, which is a group that works on breakthrough transformation in business, especially businesses that have been long time existing and that they're really, and Joe and I've talked about this before, some businesses get stuck in how you get them to break through and break out. They're experts in that space. So I went to one of their seminars and I got to hear from Amy Webb. I don't know if you guys know her, but she's um, Sounds a familiar. Yep. And yes, yeah, she's awesome. She has a book called The Signals Are Talking and her new book, The Big Nine, How the Tech Titans and Their Thinking Machines Could Warp Humanity. Heavy stuff, <laughs> but fun. She obviously studies what's happening in the present and takes signals across the entire world and picks up on that to say what could happen in the future. She helps government with strategic um, positioning and strategic plans, as well as big companies like a Google or Microsoft or Apple. She can sit beside the CEOs and the C-suites there and, and talk about what's happening in the world. So this book called The Big Nine, super fascinating. I'm not all the way through it. I just want to throw it out there that it's good to stretch your mind in new ways. And then what that impact is going to be on us for the rest of our lives, as well as future generations. So I think it's, that's a fascinating one that I want to put out there for folks to read. And let's see what else. Business is good. Life is good. Book reading is good.
1: So all good here. <laughs> nice. Are we going to have to do another video soon?
3: Yes. And Joe and I had a video, a live one available on LinkedIn. And I Wait had like a second, Joe,
0: Joe had a video on LinkedIn. What?
1: Yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. <laughs> Actually, I'm one we met. Of, we met I am in, one of two million.
3: he made it. Yeah, he made it over to Hoboken, if you can believe it. All eight minutes it takes to get over here, I finally got him to come over. So it was, it was a much
1: easier <laughs> trip than I thought it would be, and. We ended up shooting the video in the lobby, not lobby, it was like a lounge in the hotel. We had lunch in, at the W Hotel, right in Hoboken, three or four blocks from the PATH train, so it was really easy to get to, and we just clunked the tripod on the table, and, and it, what was funny is, when we were done shooting the video, and I turned around, and there's like 30 people in the lounge, like, hanging up behind us. Yeah, I yeah. I all them there before.
3: We had an audience. they like, man, that's Joe Tarnowski.
1: There.
3: <laughs> right. Major <laughs> influencer right there.
1: <laughs> so so it was fun. It was a lot of fun to do. And we'll, we'll yeah. definitely, it's so easy to go out there. So we'll do it on a regular basis. Love it. Nice. Thank well, you,
0: Joe. Uh, well, that's cool. I mean, I, I like it when you say stuff like, I have some stuff, but I'm not going to talk about it right now. It sounds very cloak and dagger. And uh, yeah, it has us all hanging on the edge of our seat. Until next. I know,
3: lots of fun stuff happening. Yes, and then the book, right I mean,
0: now. the book sounds interesting. It also sounds a little painful. So yeah, we'll have to check that out. I mean, especially if you're not done with it yet. So it sounds like it's a little in-depth.
3: It's heavy, but good. Like, she's super funny. Like, she's incredibly bright and gifted as far as keeping things light. But she's as deep and smart as most out there in another stratosphere kind of smart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but incredibly personable. And been able to make some predictions across her lifetime, and she's young, that have come to fruition. It's just fascinating work that she does and how she's able to quantify that with data. She's just driven by data and reading what the data is available in order to help the world know where we're going before we get there.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll definitely check that out. We'll put it up, Big Boxers. We'll put that up on the show notes so that you can also check that out. Always good to add to the list. So I definitely appreciate that. Joe, I mean, not that people don't know what's going on with you because, I mean, I even saw a kettlebell workout video that you did. I'm like,
1: Joe's like going to be putting
0: spandex on pretty soon. uh, No, that's not going to be happening anytime
1: soon. But yeah, that was... Well, because one of the things that I've said... To people in my videos that, you know, it's really good to make part of your routine working out because it's good physically, but it's good mentally. So I just wanted to put it up there to let them see that I'm doing it too. I'm not just talking about it. So I started, and of course, as a film, me using the 80 pounder. So, but yeah, it's been the, the past couple of months actually been interesting because May I did not travel at all, which wow. is very unusual. But it was good because it gave me a lot more time to try different types of content. And we did have a lot of content from the March and April sessions, but doing different types of videos and trying different tactics and seeing how it works. So that was a lot of fun. And then now with June, the craziness started up again. We had our Beauty Week sessions the beginning of June. And this, I was really happy about that. I ended up getting video interviews. With the beauty category managers and buyers from Rite Aid, Meijer, 99 Cents Only, and the Vitamin Shop, all within one day. Wow. And uh, yeah, That's I never a got day. that many interviews with that many big buyers that quickly because they were on a panel discussion on the introspection of beauty and wellness. So I interviewed each of the panelists afterwards, and so the travels kicking into gear now. You know, after that, I was home for a day, then I Latin American and HBC, and then July, August, and September. It's going to be two or three weeks each month that I'm going to be uh, traveling, and then in June, with the June third issue, and there's a little plug, but of Change Drug Review, I have a column in there on all about Bartell Drugs and what they're doing in the CBD space which is pretty cool because they were with the pioneers. They were like the first chain, the first chain to really get into CBD and they're doing it for pet. They're doing it for beauty. They're doing it for healthcare. They're doing it for food. So they have really, if anybody's looking to get into that space, that's a retailer to watch because they're doing it very well. So lots of cool stuff happening on that front. I mean, we just launched two new sessions around the CBD at CBD sessions. And a food and beverage CBD session, which is, they're both gonna be in November. So that's just, you know, we've been really, really trying to stay ahead of the curve with that. So lots of good things. We just brought in a new senior vice president of general merchandise too. So maybe I'll get him on to join us one of these flash office.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, lots going on. So with me, all is well. My daughter's graduating high school this year. She's graduating a year early. And then she also has her first year of college already done. So it's a little bit overwhelming thinking Uh that at 16, she's graduating and already has her first year under her belt of school. So so next year, she'll still do online school next year. I mean, she's going to skate still next year. and, And then she'll pick her whatever school she wants to go to for the, the last, her more of her major and, and whatnot. Travel-wise, I'm with Joe. There's been a lot of travel and coming up in July is gonna be brutal, especially the end of July. And then September, I'll be in Brazil for about eight days. But I was in El Salvador since we last spoke. I did a seminar down in El Salvador with about 36 suppliers. And you know everybody told me, don't go to El Salvador. And if you even look on the, the US website, it says, it doesn't say warning, it doesn't say you shouldn't go. It just says don't go. Oh, my. oh, wow. But interestingly enough, you get down there. And first of all, El Salvador is beautiful. It's amazingly beautiful. And the people are super nice. And just like any big city, like San Salvador or any big city, there's just places that you shouldn't go, especially places that you shouldn't go at night. So it's no different than...
2: Oh, sure. so um, there's that in Central Florida? Right. <laughs> every, <laughs> yeah. right.
0: There, you know, every city has places that you shouldn't go. Right. San Salvador and parts of El Salvador were no exception. I thought it was interesting. I talked to some suppliers that literally build extortion into their business model. So, into their pricing, uh, extortion is in there because wow. there are some parts of the city or the country that are owned basically by certain mm-hmm. gangs. And if you have to deliver into those areas or if you have to go through those areas to deliver somewhere else, you're going to have to pay. And so they just build that into their business model. Oh, my
3: gosh. So what are they, 100%. I, yeah.
0: yeah, if they have a line item that says extortion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's good but otherwise everything uh yeah everything is good we're planning a graduation party for georgia so pretty excited about that and like every summer if you live in florida family just seems to show up on your doorstep so we got notice <laughs> that we have family showing up for hmm, two and a half weeks so that came through not too long ago we're like <laughs> oh nice yeah yeah so there so there you go um hey, Jim. yeah
1: Oh, speaking of Latin American countries, I don't know if you saw, but Victoria did our first Spanish language video interview.
0: I did see that.
1: With uh, what? One retailer from Mexico and one from Chile. Yeah, that's, that's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think what I found is, you know, I haven't traveled a lot in my life really outside the US. I've hit almost, I think I'm only three states away from hitting at some point all US states. And for some reason, I think these three are going to be consistently out of reach for me unless I want to go to Mount Rushmore at some point. But the Dakotas and Montana seem to be pretty elusive. There's no flights that I need to go through to go there. So I haven't really ventured that much outside the U.S. But every time I do, no matter where I go, it's just amazing. You know, people are super friendly and it's great to see different areas and and hear different cultures. You know, the drive from the airport in El Salvador to San Salvador was over an hour. And basically, you have to go into the mountains and up, over, and then down. And my driver spoke not a lick of English. Zero. And so I was really pulling back into the high school Spanish days, trying to to pull that. And then I whipped out my uh, Google Translate, and and we got along just fine. (laughs) So we were able to...
3: Technology helps so much, doesn't it? Bringing us all together.
0: Yeah, but I got slapped not too long ago for the whole Google Translate thing because I thought I was going to be really smart. I was doing a class for a bunch of Korean suppliers and I wrote my thing, my PowerPoint, and then I went to Google Translate and I translated it all into Korean. It didn't go over well because the context was nowhere near where it was supposed to be. So just simply, <laughs> just simply copying and pasting the presentation and then translate it in Google Translate didn't end up working out so well. So, (laughs) Yeah, uh,
3: that's a key key highlight of the segment so far is to (laughs) ensure that you have cultural appropriate readers as well before you pass it on in a business meeting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Indeed. All those sensitivities, yes. That's a great life lesson that you've shared, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I think... Well, I mean, like you said, I think it can be good in a pinch. I certainly have used it at, at a trade show before, I think with a Japanese customer. I just typed into there and it at least gave us enough context. You just have to use it with a grain of salt and understand it's not a perfect translation, especially in context. and uh,
3: Yeah, it's the context and intent is sometimes yeah. gets lost is what you'd want a friend <laughs> who spoke the language to say. Oh, if you write that like that, that means this. And you're actually yeah. wanting to say that. <laughs> right. It's always good to have an extra pair of eyes on it as someone who's familiar with the language.
0: All right, guys, let's get into the topic today. Like you guys are saying, when do we not have a good topic? But it's a good topic, I think, for right now because I don't know. I think that just everybody's trying to figure this thing out. And so I was hoping that maybe we could throw it around a little bit and maybe we can figure it out. But the topic is what does today's consumer want in a product? And understanding that we're not talking about a specific product, but when Anybody goes shopping and they pick a product that they want to buy. What is it that they're wanting from that product, from that company? What is it that they want? So, Shannon, kick us off. What do you think that today's consumer wants in a
3: product? Well, when I've been posed with that question before, I go out to ask them specifically. So, with access to social media platforms and word clouds. You can put in your brand, for example, some of the brands that are listening. You can see what sentiment is out there. And this is very important as it relates to the emotional connection that a brand has with its consumers. But understanding what people are saying or or what they feel when they use it or, or getting information. And I'm talking about this from a Brand perspective, what they want from a brand or a product with inside that brand. Sometimes they'll be able to articulate that to you when you read the information coming through. What I've noticed as far as sellout is concerned across syndicated data is that consumers are purchasing. I don't know if they want this, but they want it enough to buy it. The brands that are coming up consistently and growing are brands that have that emotional connection or reason to believe that's understood, that's good for people, good for planet, good for pets, better brands as far as transparency are concerned. That is what's going through the register more frequently than traditional brands that still stand behind the curtain and not showing exactly what they're doing in full transparency. And some big companies are doing a great job of showing how transparent that they're trying to become. And it's allowing consumers to come back in and start repurchasing and having a reappraisal of those brands because they're being more open with it. But that's what I'm seeing from a data perspective is what you can listen to online and what you can see a sellout. That's what I can pull from right now to answer that
1: question. And can I add something to that from a data perspective? Yeah, please keep adding more data because I was at the IRI growth summit earlier this year. They did a study with the NYU Stern School of Business. It was their like in sustainability group. And what they did was they took 13 years of IRI transaction data and analyzed it. And to your point about the transparency and the the good for the earth, good, they, the most growth they found were in those products that made some sort of a sustainability claim, whether that be good ingredients. They lumped in organic with that, but good or clean ingredients or good business processes behind the product or sustainable practices, anything like that, they like had 50% more growth than products that did not make any mm-hmm. of those claims so i thought mm-hmm. that it was interesting and very consistent with what you were saying
3: mm-hmm. nice
0: so shannon do you think that customers are literally going out looking for that so they're looking at products side by side and they see a product that says it's good for people planet pet and has some transparency behind it and that would get them to pull the trigger on that more than the plot product next to it that doesn't really call that out
3: yes yeah from... I'm going to speak from another data perspective, another source, because I am that consumer too. So I'm trying to take my personal bias out of this because it's easy for me to say, yes, of course, is what we do. <laughs> but from actual time studies done in stores, some of the small indie brands that I work with have very teeny tiny little budgets. When they get some distribution, they want to study what happens in the natural good-for-you set or general market set with items on there that could say these types of free of from some ingredients. And then here are some items that's been around since the beginning of time. And you'll see consumers actually stand in the aisle and read, especially as it relates to skincare products and baby care products and stuff that you eat. So there is an enormous amount of information available to consumers now on how that they can provide self-care and self-help by picking products that are what they need wherever they particularly are in their life's journey. That happens a lot, especially when you have young children in the home. And if you've got a chance to have a wafer or a cookie and you want to give your child a treat, you're going to pick the better of the two to give a treat to your child. So you're seeing this great rise of non-additive, pure ingredients, this, know that, we've added these good things, we're not free, we're this, that, the other, to ensure that they've put the ultimate best ingredients that they can to make this item for someone to purchase. And if the mother or the father or the caretaker has the means to purchase the other item, even if it's 20% more, 10% more or equal price, it will land with the one that's a better option for you. Food, skincare, hair care, all the like, it lands that way. The only time that we see the break is when this consumer is emotionally attached to whatever that brand or item or that treat is, and they just love it. <laughs> and they know in good conscience that if there's a better choice, that it's for their own self-indulgence. They're not going to give it to their child. <laughs> They're going to give it to themselves and still pick the better choice for their child. Really, that's where you'll see some breaking points. But if they have within the means, the choice that we see based off the data is they're migrating and moving to better options, especially if price is somewhat equal.
0: Nice. Yeah, I can just see. You know what? I'm going to get my kid this really good snack that I'm having my Twinkie and I don't care what anybody (laughs) says about it.
3: That happens for real. It does. And that, that, I mean, that's why Twinkie came back.
0: (laughs) I know. That's
1: (laughs) why people
3: eat Twinkies. I think my mom used to give me Twinkies all the time and didn't even think anything about it. But I do think about it before I give something to Amelia and Samuel to make sure What they put in their body, I'm at least exposing them to a better option from the beginning because if if I can help their taste profile from the beginning, then that's a good thing. I need to battle the fact that I used to eat Twinkies and I look at them and think, oh, that's a a fun memory from my childhood. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you're going to have that happen. And they'd fried Twinkies, all sorts of things. Growing up in the South, I had all sorts of everything fried. And I don't even try to give that option to my children. So I try to bake everything. I try to do something that's a little bit different. And you're just seeing this evolution of the humans evolving into better good for you options inside and out. That is a fact. And that's what consumers continue to look for as information and education becomes more available to make better decisions.
0: Right. That's my favorite storyline in the movie Land when Woody Harrelson is on Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> He's on the search for a Twinkie, but all he can find is the little hostess ones with the pink. The cobra.
1: snowballs. So the whatever. snowballs, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Snowballs. Oh, my God. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that movie, but I know all these foods. You see what was in my house yeah. when I'm growing up. My kids don't even know what those are, but I know every line of hostess items, probably known to mankind, but <laughs> but we all know what those are. But would we, we pass them on to our kids? If there is a different choice, right? Is there a different choice for a treat, what would you lend yourself to do? That's a consumer's mindset, right?
1: Hey,
0: big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there, and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to TLBConsulting.com, click on Consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. All right, Jamie, what do you think? What do you think customers are looking for, today's customer in a product?
2: The first thing that popped into my mind was consumers want a product to solve their problem, whatever their problem is. They want something that solves the problem. But if they have, say, three options and they're looking and they're measuring and all things equal as, you know, as far as the ability to solve whatever the problem is, I think that's when the extra options come into consideration for the consumer. And since the internet and social media, I think that consumers have had an opportunity to have more intimate relationships with brands and finding a brand that they like, that they can support because, you know, it also goes in line with leaving a smaller footprint or, supporting breast cancer or whatever the issue is that touches that consumer, if a brand can get their foot in the door by participating in that action, then that allows the consumer to participate themselves, if that makes any sense.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the Mm -hmm. first, of course, the first part of it is, you know, I need to buy my kid a snack or I need to get the dirt off the wall or whatever it is. That's what they want. They want their problem solved. And the opportunity that brands will have after that is offering additional actions that will get the consumer to say, you know what, I can get behind that. And I don't mind giving you my $5 to help that effort. So another brand that would come in and just say, you know what, we just offer widgets. You know, if you don't like our widget, move on. They're going to be less successful than the widget producer that sends a check to the Breast Cancer Association every year. So I think consumers want to participate. They want to have an opportunity for their money to represent how they feel. So yeah, they could give their own $10 to an organization, or they can lift up this company who will end up giving a million dollars. So it's like they help the action more by participating in a group effort. Yeah, I agree with
3: them. I'm just going to add a point on that community part because that's very true because they may not have a million dollars to give, but their $5 right. will help go towards that. And it's a, a community of cause. And there was a recent article that was published from the... It might have been a the P&G, Paul Pitchford, CMO of p g was talking about the importance of being authentic. So that one company that you were talking about, it's like, here's my widget. And you don't like it, move on. And then they go, oh, well, maybe that guy, this brand's doing something and that brand really means it. They're authentic to it. They live it. They are at the seat with the breast cancer survivor, right? But they try to model and emulate that and it's not core authentic to the DNA of that company and that brand. It will fall flat on its face. So that's why it's got to be something meaningful to the people that work on the brand because they have to keep that alive. They have to keep that community engaged in, in their activity stream and not just doing it to be more competitive on shelf. They've uh, got to
2: represent. That's I've seen right. Companies work it both ways. I've seen companies who refuse to participate in outside activities, if you will, or support different organizations because they just don't want to and they would rather keep all of their profits. And then I've seen companies who kind of manipulate the system and they, if they want to move into a new city or a new area or something like that, they always join the chamber. They find out where the schools are. They find out where they can throw their money so that they can have a bigger footprint in that area. And it's not necessarily as authentic as it could be, but it's still effective. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I, I agree. The authenticity is very important. Very important.
0: Nice. Okay. Joe, hop in there.
2: All right. So I'm going to tie, actually, kind of tie in both of the
1: comments that we just heard. And that what I'm seeing and hearing from suppliers and retailers across all of the categories that we service is obviously what you guys have been saying wellness is just permeating everything. I mean, clean labels, it's why CBD is so big because that's a component of wellness. But I think what also is driving this. Is consumers consuming all of this media out there that's talking about these different things? So, for example, you listen to podcasts like Aubrey Marcus, Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, Peter Atiyah, and the guests that they have. They're bringing on doctors and scientists, and they're talking about all of these nutrition and health and healthy living and all of the products and things associated with that. And I think a lot of consumers are going in looking for these products a lot more informed than the people who are selling these products realize. And I think that it's important, getting to your point of authenticity, if you're going to be selling products to these consumers, you need to start speaking their language. And it goes beyond just knowing the benefits of the products. But knowing or having a better and deeper understanding of the lifestyles of those consumers who are buying the products. So, for example, let's say at the vitamin shop or GNC and I'm looking for supplements for a specific diet. Well, if the salesperson in the store is talking to me and they're referring to some of these things, you know, it looks like they're in the lifestyle, too. Rather than they're just saying, looking at the label and saying, hey, this has got this stuff and this. They can actually talk, well, Joe Rogan had Peter Attia on and he was talking about these diets or these types of foods are great if you're on an intermittent fast or, or, or things like that. But I think it's really important for both brands and for the retailers to really get behind those things that are influencing these customers' decisions to buy these products. But wellness is definitely a case in point in that happening.
3: Great point, Joe, because we talked a couple of episodes ago on the podcast about the rise of specialty retailers and what makes them special is the credibility of the people inside their stores. Actually using the product, knowing the product, Mm -hmm. that is much different than walking up to perhaps a big box retailer that you don't have someone who knows that department inside and out or all the items that are on there, which has been helping. And I I can speak to beauty, obviously, but companies like an Ulta grow so much just because everyone on the floor are trained on all the products and they're able to answer questions and provide custom solutions to those needs that the consumers are coming in for. Just what Jamie was talking about. They have, I want this particular need for my skin or my hair or whatever that may be. And they can find a custom portfolio of options, depending on what they're able to spend and what they're looking for within their store. That only adds to the credibility. And that credibility helps create the growth that the specialty retailers, some specialty retailers are continuing to enjoy.
1: Yeah. And then it spans categories. So one of the discussions on our Beauty Week panel was if you're like Wayfern, right? They're a grocery store and they have beauty their dietitians and beauty advisors are talking about how food impacts the skin as well as these different products, drinking water and staying hydrated, making sure that you look at it holistically and provide solutions in that way. Now, the, what will eclipse that, I think, when you're talking about Twinkie, is that brand. Still, there the, were some ways that you, they, you can bypass that is by having such a strong relationship of your brand with the consumer that no matter what, they're going to want that brand. I know the mm-hmm. tweet is bad for me, but I just want to indulge right now and really building that loyalty. I was listening to a podcast and I not only did I get this person's book immediately after, but I actually reached out to her. We're having a call next week because I want to work on some content with her. But the book is called Monster Loyalty. And it's written by a woman named Jackie Huber or Cuba. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. But what she did is she analyzed what makes Lady Gaga's fans raving fans. Like people that no matter mm-hmm. what, they will support her. And what was interesting is what she talked about is a deep focus on the 1% of your customers that are those raving fans. You, know, you, you go deep on them and you really take care of them and they're going to be your brand ambassadors. And that's what will build that engagement that will kind of eclipse any trends that are going on. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to stick with you through thick and thin. And that's really when you know you have loyal customers is not if they're sticking by you when things are going well, but do they stick with you when things are not going as well?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It always amazes me how business owners underestimate the effectiveness of those loyal customers because I'm like, that is a goldmine. I would take that over a thousand dollar sale any day. Give me a loyal customer that's happy and uses the product. I will take that 400 times before i take a sale if it's just a minor sale because it mm-hmm. goes go so much further over a longer time and less effort and investment on the company's part.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at COVID in Latin America. It's got like 90, 95% market share. And I asked a friend from there. I was like, why? It's like, well, that's all we had grown up. That's all we used growing up. That's what my mom told me. That's what my grandmother told her. I mean, and it's just that loyalty just made that brand so big in Latin America. And that even when they come here, that's the brand that they're getting.
0: I think that when people come to the US or they migrate here from other, I think a little bit of home always makes them feel good. And brands can make you feel that way. Brands can make you feel like you're at home. I remember when we... uh, Before Trader Joe's was expanding outside of the West Coast, I remember we had lived in Louisiana for 3 years. And we were moving back to California, but we weren't We were just setting, we had bought some franchise stores, so we're just setting those up. um, And we drove by uh, Trader Joe's and we stopped in there just to buy the frozen black bean taquitos. And we knew that we didn't have any way to, in our hotel, any way to heat them up or anything, but we just put them in the refrigerator. We just wanted to have them in there because uh, (laughs) because we had missed them so much for three years. And a safety blanket. It it felt like that, yeah. And uh, just knowing that we had bought some of those. So, Whether you guys believe it or not, now with our new platform where we're not, you know, picking stuff out of a hat, I really try not to think about the topic until very close to recording because I don't want to give myself days to think about it and so that I, I don't have some super advantage in it. But I think it's interesting where you guys have gone. So we've had good for people, planet, pet, transparency, sustainability claims, good business practices that are behind the products, products that solve a problem, consumers feel better when they buy a product that means something or or has something behind it. you know. When I used to work at Barnes & Noble in Newport Beach, California, we used to have people that just came in and bought all the books on the bestseller list, not because they're going to read them all, just because they want to feel good about having the best books in their house. And so I think people do feel good if they're buying a product that by some small part, they can be part of that product's or company's or brand's cause. So I certainly agree with that. I think that from my perspective... I think with Amazon, we're in this sea of throwaway products. And I think consumers are getting used to buying products and being disappointed, and then they toss them. They don't even return them anymore, they just toss them. So I know that I personally, and people that i talk talked to, I know that when people are looking to buy something, they want a product that works. Jamie mentioned solving a problem. So they're solving a problem, and then there's a product that actually works and does what it says it's gonna do. And so if I was a manufacturer, and I was looking to build a product, one of the things that I would make sure is that whatever claim I'm talking about, whatever I say it's going to do, my number one priority would be that it does it. And I think that's one of the fastest ways to build brand loyalty is through experience, which is my second thing. So I think customers want to have a good experience when they're buying a product. I think that they're so used to, like I said, they get this thing on Facebook. Oh, buy this thing. It's only $9 or $5 or $2 or whatever. And they click and they buy it and they get it. And it's like 10 times smaller than they thought it was going to be. Or it just is not what they thought. But it's more hassle than it's worth to, to, to return it. So they just, they toss it. And I think mentally, there's a little bit of normality there. And so I think people are craving a good experience with a product that works you guys kind of talked about this, but I think if they can feel good about the product. So that's something that I think it was Jamie that said, consumers feeling better about buying products that have a cause. So yeah, I think they want to feel good. And then I think that they want the suppliers to know who they are. Like if they're buying a product, I think that they want to know that those people making that product know what type of consumer they are and what they're really wanting, what they're needing, that they've done their research, that it makes sense to them. Not that they're filling this whole, they're buying a product that solves... 30 problems, but really kind of solves the problem that they're having. I'm not sure that all the suppliers out there are as focused on creating a great experience and making sure that they're producing products that do what they say they're going to do.
2: Agreed. And we've had this conversation, you and I, a million times about people will develop products or supply products or whatever, invent products that they don't know if or not people really want and then get mad when people don't buy it. But when companies like say that I'm getting acclimate, I buy a product from a particular brand. And when that company does the work or the research to solve another one of my related problems without me telling them or making the suggestion, that goes a long way. And companies aren't really interested in doing the work. So like that in Shannon's area, I find a great mascara. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I like this. But then they come out with a perfect lipstick. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so (laughs) I'm plugged in now, you know, so now I'm loyal across their products. And it's not that I necessarily said, you know, maybe you guys should develop a nice lipstick. No, but they continue to try to get ahead and to find out what a further need, another need of mine would be. And I like that. I like being served, if you will. <laughs> but no. that just goes to make me loyal. And then I tell my friends, you will never believe what I found. Those are customers that this company didn't really need to target. But I got those customers for them through the work that they did for me. So I wish the suppliers would do more work like that. And only mostly because I'm heavy on like making the consumer feel good. That's important to me. And if you're just trying to you know, get another sale... That doesn't mean anything. You're right. And then that
1: loyalty also, when you said, you know, they know what you need. But also, once that loyalty builds up, you're going to support them even if you don't if necessarily you need, need, need. Yes. I don't yeah. need five Jocko t-shirts, but I, I got them. You know, I like supporting that whole group. The guys from Origin Labs that make the supplements, those I buy because I want to use them. But then, you know, I want, I'd like to know that I'm supporting them. I just got, Shannon, you'll get a kick out of this. I just bought my first pair of K-Swift Gary V-04 sneakers. Oh, my God. That made you feel good. It made you feel
3: good. Well,
1: that plus, the Sasha group is going to be speaking our vitamin weight management and sports nutrition session. You know, the group under VaynerX, they help small businesses drive explosive growth. So now that's the whole ecosystem that i'm participating in and you know i want to support that so you know so like also there's a little bit of solidarity in that it's like you know what we're doing stuff we're going to be doing stuff with these guys yeah you're I part of their community
3: now we like him because he is who he is and we we're big fans because he's unapologetic about who he is and we like people who have a point of view that's why we like all our podcast friends too and you're buying into that community. You're supporting it, and it makes you feel good. And they're going to work, right? That's what we talked yep. about today. The product, it starts and ends with, is it actually going to work? Like what Jamie said, for sure. And then, is it gonna, sometimes you buy things because they make you feel good. You're part of the community. You wear it as a badge of honor because it stands and it means something. It has a deeper meaning as well as functionality of getting you from point A to point B.
1: Yeah, and in this case, the meaning... Is literally printed on the sneakers. It, they have printed positivity and optimism printed all over the sneakers. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. As which you is know, part of your personal things. brand. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. And yeah, yeah. And that's you He's too. always talking about that. So I identify with that. I got 10 pairs of Doc Martens. I didn't need another pair of sneakers, but I wanted them. And I want, I want to wear them when I introduced you know, Mark Evans when he speaks. But also, I was like, you know, cool. I'm part of this thing, and it turns out they're comfortable as hell too.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
3: and and they function. They they feel good on your feet, and they make you feel good, and you're part of that group and that community. That's what the guys who are listening in as as you're making those products know. There are a lot of people like us. We're all consumers, and drives us to purchase. Is there are many similarities of what we've said today across each of the product pipelines. We're just giving you more evidence to support more new product development based and rooted in consumer sentiment and information. Take cues from what they say and make products that people are proud to use and wear and talk about. And you'll grow your business organically that way. And your new business that comes along will have a lower acquisition cost like we talked about because the community is pulling new people in. That's what makes a beautiful PL these days mm-hmm. is ratings, reviews, words of mouth, creating that community, a place that can be trusted, and that you deliver with consistency and excellence.
1: What's interesting is when Jaco's team, the supplement guys, one of the reasons why, and I found this was very interesting. Because they do very well in direct to consumer. They don't need to go into brick and mortar retail. One of the reasons why they want to go into brick and mortar retail is to expand their ecosystem to get consumers that don't know about the Jungle podcast, about the Hands in Daylight podcast, and their other groups to bring them into that ecosystem from the store. Sure, they want they like the sales, the idea of growing their sales, but also they're expanding their reach to these consumers that may not be listeners of the podcast by, you know, via the source.
0: Yeah. So well, as always, you guys really crushed it with a kind of a shopping list, if you will, for big boxers out there, of which we have a ton that are in the process of working on their product, thinking about their product, have a product idea, getting a product manufactured. And so I think that you have or or we have a good shopping list for things that you need to include in your thought process about your brand. Remember something that we talked about on a previous podcast with David Lemley, which is, it's just because you're selling a product online doesn't mean you have a brand. It doesn't mean you stand for something. And so when you're building your brand, when you're building your product, if you incorporate the things that you've heard here, and here's a bonus for you, something that just came to me as you guys were all talking, but here's a bonus for you big boxers, because at some point you're going to build this product or you're going to have this product or you're going to be selling this product. You're going to be in front of a buyer of a retailer and all the things that you put in this laundry list of things that we have are also key talking points when you're selling your product to a buyer to talk to them about how your product is good for people, planet, pet, to talk to the buyer about your transparency or how you're sustainable, to talk to the buyer about your good practices, your good business practices for your brand and for your company, how your product solves a problem, how the consumers feel better when they buy it, how you know based on selling it online and reviews and, and customers talking about how you know that it works and it does what it says it's going to do how your customers feel good, what their experience is like, you know, how do you package it, and how do they take it home? And so all the things that you're putting into your product are also great points to bring up when you're talking to a buyer. And I think too often these days, we're stuck on price or we're stuck on my product has these features. Remember one thing, if you, if you guys have not learned this from my podcast yet, you need to take it to heart now. Getting products into retail, it's about more than just a better product and a better price. Retailers can get any product they want, anywhere they want. They have people sourcing all over the world. What they can't get is your company. They can't get your influencers. They can't get your followers. They can't get the people that are what we've been talking about today, brand ambassadors for your product. Those are the things that they want. They want to partner with people that have that. And the product is just nowadays one portion of the different things on their list that they're looking to gain when partnering with you. It's not just about your product anymore. It's about more than that.
2: Absolutely. In fact, it's, I would say it's less about the product and more about the community that you're bringing with you if you're trying to get on these shelves. Like you said, they can get the product anywhere. But how loyal is your consumer base?
0: Well, I hear retailers saying it more and more. And, you know, of course, there's always buyers that don't make any sense that those people are still out there. But I think if you use some of these points and you talk about these along with the features of your product, you're going to be so much farther ahead than people that are just coming in and telling the buyers what they hear all day, every single day. And, you know, this is a great way for you to stand out. All right, guys, final thoughts. Joe, final thoughts.
1: Final thoughts. Well, I think you just did a great summary of this, uh, the whole Mm -hmm. conversation. And I just, I like that idea of community, focus on building your community brand, that whole group, all of those people that are going to be supporting you, really, really focus on developing that and bringing, don't think of selling to consumers, think of welcoming them into your community. And I think that'll go a long way towards, you know, and all of those things we talked about. Kind of tie into that neatly it's just welcome them bring them into your ecosystem bring them into your community make them feel like they're a part of it that's going to go a long way to keeping them in the long term no matter what the trends are shannon final thoughts yeah brilliant
3: recap totally agree that's perfect customer and trade marketing materials list to get in there and sell agree with joe so for the listeners it's just time to take action so right for maybe Tim, you could make that punch list for the group so it's easy access for them. yeah, that's a perfect flow for a deck, and they can put their content in and have good flow, good conversation, make it tight, succinct, get the what's the one word that captures the essence of your product or your brand or the community, what do they say? put that and wear it with pride, and know it with that emotional connection is the brand, and let that Punch list guide you through the conversation and good luck selling. Excited to see what's going to happen out of this.
0: Yeah, me too, Jamie.
2: If a developer, an inventor, supplier, whatever, has been inspired to develop a product to send out to the masses or to get in big box retail, if you were that inspired, put the energy into developing that community because ultimately, you're counting on them. You're counting on them to make you look better to the buyers. You're counting on them to continually come back, buy more stuff, buy your product over and over again, and to share the information about your product with their networks. So definitely put in the time and effort of delighting your consumers. Definitely. it Leaps and bounds. It'll make your company grow leaps and bounds.
0: Nice. I think that... One of the interesting things, and we've all touched on it in a certain way, and big boxers, you're out there in this period of time when, for the first time, you can build your own community. It used to be that we would rely on retailers actually, to build the community for us. So we would put products into a retailer and it would sit on the shelf and maybe it did well, maybe it didn't do well. Maybe you paid lots of money for it to be in a circular. Or if you were a much bigger company, maybe you advertised on TV or in the newspaper. But that all took, even back then, those were very expensive strategies. Today, you have the opportunity to really take that yourself and begin building your own community And around your brand for the very first time, you can start from the ground up using social media and all the different platforms that are available to you, which have never been more available than they are right now. So, you guys are in a great time to be launching something. And I guess my final thought is look at your product and ask yourself this honest question Does it work? Does it do what you say it does? And if it doesn't, and if it doesn't work as good, take a look at your reviews. You know, I just told somebody the other day, they were asking me, somebody was a buyer was asking, hey, what are the key attributes of your product? And they were stuck, You know, other than just the stuff that was already in their deck. And uh, I said, you know what, go back and read the last 100 reviews that you've had. And your customers will tell you what the key attributes in your product are. And so go back and look at the reviews on your product. And that's going to tell you if it works or not. If it doesn't work, go to work making it better. But I guess I'm going to leave you with that. and. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you so much. Jamie, Joe, as always, you guys continue to astound me with just throwing out a topic that you've not heard before. And these are things that I know are on your mind because you're able to come up with such quality answers that actionable things, the things that you guys are talking about and the stuff that we're putting down in this Flash Topic podcast are actionable. These are things that people can actually take and make their business better. And so... From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here and giving us your time. Uh, Big Boxers, I hope that you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time on the next Flash Topic. Hey, Big Boxers, we're back. And I hope you enjoyed Flash Topic 13. Some really great discussion there, right? I was surprised at how awesome the list we put together for what customers are expecting in a product. I hope that you wrote some of those down. If you didn't, we're going to have those on the show notes. But like I said in the podcast, it makes a great buyer deck. It makes a great buyer presentation to know all of those things and be able to talk to your buyers about those. It's not the norm, okay? It's not the normal stuff that you would be talking to buyers about, or maybe that you've talked to buyers about in the past. This is current, up-to-date information from people who know. So thank you, Joe. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Jamie. I really appreciate all of you and taking the time to be here for the big boxers and to download some of your epic knowledge. All right, guys and gals, once again, I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the podcast. I really do want to hear from you. Remember, we had that 30-day challenge and to tell you the truth, we did not do so well. Okay, so I need you guys to get over to ontheshelfnow.com and I need you to start commenting on some of the podcasts, some of your favorites. Talk about what you like what you got out of it, what was the key parts of those podcasts. I know that sometimes you guys send these things to me. I know that you guys reach out and occasionally we'll get a chance to talk and I hear all kinds of great things and all kinds of items from the different podcasts that have really helped you out. I want you to go out and write these into the comment section of these podcasts so that we can start creating some discussion. I need you. I know that you guys listen to the podcast and you get a lot out of it because that's what you tell me. Right now, I need you to support the podcast by letting me know what you think, letting us know what you think, going to our different areas and talking to us. So you can do that in our Facebook page, On the Shelf Now. You can go to our closed Facebook group and join that. That's also called On the Shelf Now. You can go to our website, ontheshelfnow.com, and you can reach us on Twitter at On the Shelf Now. So many different ways that you can reach out and communicate, partner with, and just have a discussion. I'm waiting to hear from you. All right, big boxers, thank you so much. Look forward to next time. Look forward to talking to you again. Until then, I look forward to seeing your products on the show.